by the power of Grayskull. Yarp. Hey, bubblers, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble. It's that podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your host, Jen, and today Laura is back for the greater good. Because we're going to get all yarpy with the action comedy classic, Hot Fuzz. Hi, Laura. Hi. How are you doing? Thank you for joining. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this one. I hadn't watched it in a while, so this will be fun. Yeah, same here. I there was a there was a point where like this movie and like Shaun of the Dead, I watched a whole bunch of times. So, and it's been a while. So it was a lot of fun going back to uh, revisit this movie. And kind of the thing that made me want to revisit. Uh, or, at, you know, at the very least, rewatch it was uh, I think it must have been the anniversary of like when the movie came out or something. So it was kind of all over Twitter. And then people were sharing the gif of the two other detectives, Wayne White and Cartwright. When they do that, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like one of the best gifts ever. It, so I was. <laughs> such a dork i was like oh i get to see it in real life now yay <laughs> i get to see it with context <laughs> so so yeah we're here talking about hot fuzz uh it came out in 2007 starring simon pegg nick frost olivia coleman timothy dalton and a whole mess of other funny funny people uh this it's a hilarious buddy cop action comedy kind of parody satire and I guess it used over 100 action movies as inspiration. And you can really kind of get that feel that it did. But uh, two London cops, well, I guess they're not London, but uh, two British cops investigate a series of murders and a loose swan. So Hot Fuzz is part two of the uh, Cornetto trilogy. Cornetto being the brand of ice cream cones that appears in Shaun of the Dead. Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. So that's always kind of fun. And in Shaun of the Dead, the wrapping was like red. In Hot Fuzz, the wrapping is blue. And I can't remember what color the wrapping is in World's End. Maybe black? I don't recall, but that just indicates different flavors of Cornettos, which are like drumsticks for people who don't know. Yes, thank you for that clarification. Me, I'm sitting here like, I've seen it, I know what they are, and I'm like, we just went through a box of drumsticks. <laughs> so... But yeah, I like that they use like kind of the different color wrappers for wrapping for like the different movies, you know, red for like the blood and the zombies, blue for the police. I like it when uh, people put that kind of fun thought into just even like the little like Easter eggy things. It's fun. I feel really stupid because I didn't put that together that it was like the Cornetto trilogy. I'm like, oh, duh, they're eating them all the time. <laughs> you know. I, I have to be honest, and I had not realized that, so I have to thank the internet for that little fun tidbit. And I'm like, they are. They're always <laughs> And then, yeah, kind of like, yeah, I'm just like, oh, how did I miss that? It seems so easy. I know, because I always pay attention to people's eating in movies, because I don't know. I don't know why. Like, Ocean's Eleven, I cannot stand that Brad Pitt's character is always eating, but I want to know what he's eating. So... <laughs> And here, here I had it in my face. We're eating Cornettos like every other scene. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Brad Pitt it, is just eating throughout. Was that <laughs> his job on the crew, though? Like, what else did he do? 
Um, well, he was a pretty face, and he had snappy comebacks towards George Clooney. What I mean, did he really do? He ate. And he ate. That's all right. I'm okay with Whatever. That. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> if I could give millions of dollars for just standing around looking pretty and eating, I guess I'd do that, too. No shit. I can do that, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So, have you seen all three of these movies of the Cornetto trilogy, and do you have a favorite? I have, and I appreciate them all, which is saying something, because I absolutely hate watching zombie movies. So, by default, that's my least favorite one, but Hot Fuzz was always my favorite, because it... (laughs) It's just making fun of everything so much. And I loved it. (laughs) You know, I've always had a thing for like, you know, really good detectives and heist movies. And, you know, this was so this was right up my alley, I guess. What about you? I'd have to say I have seen all three. And, you know, Shaun of the Dead was my favorite for the longest time because of the zombie aspect to it. Um, But. I'd have to say, I think Hot Fuzz is definitely my favorite, which is probably why we're starting with the second movie out of the trilogy. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, why not? Why not? Well, I hadn't really given it too much thought when I was like, let's do Hot Fuzz. So, whatever. Well, it's not like the trilogy is like in chronological order or anything. They're all very different scenarios. This is true. And it's not like it's the same cast of character, like the same characters or anything like that. So, right. That's a good point. But yeah, I I would definitely say Hot Fuzz because I do love how they just masterfully make fun of all the action stuff from the very like, from like the stylized like paperwork, you know, the quick shots, like, like the little mini montages of like opening or closing the door, filling out paperwork or getting his cranberry juice or even just getting the Cornetto Getting the same, yeah, getting the same like locker every day getting his stuff out you know everything the same it's just great I loved it Mm -hmm. yeah so this is a lot of fun because I do love a lot of just like I do love action movies for the most part for various reasons so for this movie to kind of poke fun at it but at the same time almost kind of be like like a love letter to action movies in a way because I think they did such a great job with kind of like the parodying of of just overall action movies from like the sequences to Nick Frost's character DC Danny Butterman just being obsessed with action movies asking all the questions have you ever fired your gun up in the air and gone ah if nerf guns count yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's about it maybe well probably not nerf nerf darts because those will come back down yeah so you shoot them up in the air, and then you run away. And when the kids chase you, they get hit with them all. They're like, ha I win. Definitely, <laughs> definitely have to try that next uh, Nerf War. So, <laughs> Yes. But yeah, I think this one is the most fun. Um, I have seen uh, World's End. And that one was, that one was okay. I wasn't as, I, I just, I didn't love it as much. And I'm not entirely sure why, but... It wasn't one where when I finished it, I was like, oh, I definitely want to rewatch this movie or I look forward to my next rewatch. Unlike uh, with Shaun of the Dead and, and Hot Fuzz. So. That's a good point. 
I haven't really had an inclination to rewatch it either. I mean, maybe we will. Maybe we'll end up covering the other two movies just to kind of round out that uh, this little mini trilogy, but we'll see. The important thing is, is we're doing the best one. I, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have to ask, Laura, have you seen Bad Boys 2? Uh, I think I have, but you know what? It's not like memorable for me. See, I couldn't remember if I had it. I mean, I've seen the first one. I saw that one in the theaters and I had the soundtrack, but yeah, I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever saw the second one, but I love his obsession with action movies. Bad Boys 2, Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that, that happened because I was like, oh man, now that we did this Swayze thing, I could, I can like. I was really dismissive the first time that I watched that movie. Like, okay, he's just lifting off action movies, whatever. Um, all right. But now that we did the Swayze thing, I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. He actually references that a few times. Well, now I have a, more of an appreciation for this film. We'll go ahead and uh, get kind of into the plot. So this movie, it's, you know, um, Simon Pegg plays Nicholas Angel. And he's like one of London's like top policemen, police officer. I also love that <laughs> he, he goes around and he corrects everyone's uh, language and everything to be more inclusive or less offensive, you know, like collision versus accident, stuff like that. Police officer versus police woman, police man. So I was like, oh, well, good on you, Nicholas Angel. PC, PC. Thank you. Because I can never remember kind of yeah what they're called i think pc is like police constable or something okay. that makes sense but I, I may be wrong yeah uh, you're probably right i mean it's a better guess than what i've got which is nothing but yeah so he's like a big time london cop and they transfer him to this like small town where it's like just super perfect nothing ever happens and he then is partnered with uh, Nick Frost's character, DC Danny Butterman, who is the son of the uh, police captain chief or whatever. And even though there's not a lot going on initially, Nicholas Angel is determined to still be a good cop. And then a string of murders happens and he starts investigating it. But everyone's all convinced it's accidents. This town has a very high accident rate, but very low like crime and murder rate. That should have been a giant fucking red flag <laughs> for everyone not involved in that cult-like homeowners association. I, I gotta ask, if your village has a huge accident rate, how do you get village of the year? Like, wow, your village is really like structurally unsafe. That's harder to fix than crime, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Well, with that, you know, with that, like I said, cult-like homeowners association, town owners association. The, the neighborhood watch. Yeah. The neighborhood, oh, the NWA. <laughs> Can we just take a minute to appreciate that they were the NWA? Yes, because I couldn't stop laughing at that. <laughs> this movie is chock full of the giggles and I love it. All these like kind of all the all the funny things from like the little things to the bigger things so more obvious but yeah any anytime they called them the reference them as the nwa i just laughed so hard they're all so white <laughs> well it's true they are yeah they are 
So what do you think about like this little town that needs to try and be so perfect all the time that it's willing to murder anyone that brings anything unsightly, unseemly, un whatever <laughs> to their tiny little town? Well, I mean, it's obviously taking something that's plausible and like pushing it to an extreme because they murder people for the stupidest reasons. <laughs> Why would you murder the living statue guy? What was he doing? Like, seriously. But he was just, I I love that they hated the living statue guy. I don't understand it. They just, honestly, he's not making any noise. That's fine. Go, go for it. He was just unsightly in the town or something. It was just too, they didn't like street performers and tourism. You know, your village needs tourism. Did it? Did they really? I don't think they really ever wanted people to. How can you be village of the year if nobody knows about you, though? That's true. Plot hole. Right. But I, I've historically speaking, there have been situations where, you know, people have been institutionalized or even euthanized because they don't fit a certain aesthetic. So it is something that has happened in real life. Um, so, you know, as far as this movie being a satire, I think it goes a lot deeper than people think. And it does, what I really think it does well uh, in terms of that, though, is like it totally sets you up with this completely believable uh, line of these murders happened because of the value of the woman's property who was trying to move away and the right people wanted to make sure they had it and all that stuff. Like, that's your typical crime string. Mm-hmm. So they set all that up perfectly. And then the, the neighborhood watch is like, no, we just we just don't want anyone else to have her gardening skills. Yep. Or she like, had, an, she had an annoying laugh. And <laughs> well, she did. <laughs> she did. But I mean, come on. <laughs> Not quite murder worthy. Quite. But yeah. It depends they... on the day. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I can't really argue with that. So yeah, I, I, I give you that one. <laughs> hey, for people who have auditory processing issues where like sometimes the sounds are really annoying and loud and unbearable and you can't ignore them. I could see somebody killing someone for having an annoying laugh. Like that one was believable for me. So I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and you know, she was having an affair with the god awful man. Um, and I've seen people get murdered in like real life stories and fake stories for affairs so okay let's uh, that's believable too so you know the first two get murdered I'm like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) you're just like "Eh, okay I get that that works for me (laughs) I guess I understand (laughs) you know and after spending you know so many years in cubicle life and everything and hearing everyone's different sounds that they make throughout the day yeah i i i can understand wanting to murder someone for an annoying laugh or something (laughs) that that does make sense to me now yeah see the first murders lull you in because you're like you know they they kind of deserved it yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) and then you know it gets progressively worse from there because the next one is that like wealthy short businessman who likes to pee on the jukebox when he's drunk 
Oh. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because his uh, his house did not fit the aesthetic. Yeah. That guy. And you're right? like, yeah. wow. Okay. Um. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so blowing it up did. Like you like having a bomb site. Well, what I liked is like at the end when they're kind of uh, laying it all out, you know, all the things that they did and why they did it. They showed them like scrubbing the kitchen before blowing it up. Yeah. So was that just kind of part of like their overall mentality that they still need to kind of tidy up and maintain like a, a nice pretty picture before blowing it the fuck up? I assume that they were removing evidence of any other type of foul play, but you're right. Maybe they're just being fuddy-duddy old people who, would, you know, got to clean every little bit of mess before they go and make a big one. I don't know. See, and I thought, I thought the same thing you did uh, all these all these years and all these watches was that oh they're just removing evidence, whatever. But this time I'm like, but you blow it up. And they're just going to rule it an accident. So there's not going to be an investigation to sort through and look for any kind of evidence or DNA. I'm like, so that's why I'm thinking now it was more of just who they were. They couldn't help themselves. They couldn't help themselves. It was unkempt or maybe. And they're just like, no, no. Huh. <laughs> it has to look nice before it gets all blown the fuck up. For the aesthetic. For the aesthetic, obviously. For the greater good. The greater good. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say, I love Simon Pegg in this role, in this kind of more serious uh, role that he's doing. Mm -hmm. You know, because I think we get used to seeing him doing more, I mean, comedies, yes, but he's, in this one, he's like the very straight-laced, by the book. He never shuts off. He's always in cop mode. And... I thought he does a really good job with that and it was just and it was just fun. Yeah. And it's surprising because I think the first time I went to see this movie obviously it was after Shaun of the Dead and he had he had like a reputation of sorts, you know? So I'm like I watched the previews and he seems all serious. I don't know if he can pull that off. But he actually really does. And I don't know. I want to know like how many takes they had to do of some scenes because you, you couldn't help but laugh at them. Like mm -hmm. it'd be hilarious. Oh yeah. I think the like the bloopers and the outtakes and all of that from this movie and from the whole trilogy, I think, would just be a blast. Mm-hmm. It's a pity lot. they didn't release those. I know. I think I had some, I did have bloopers because I had to rent the DVD through the library because it's not streaming free anywhere. It is rentable, but I don't, I don't want to spend money. <laughs> I'm a cheap ass. Anyways. So yeah, Simon Pegg is this kind of more serious detective and then working that kind of that straight man role off of Nick Frost, kind of more goofier, uh, kind of sidekicky type character works yeah. great I love these two together I'm sad that I think it was this movie that started to cause a bit of a rift between the two. Oh, really yeah they and I think I was reading too that they were having they kind of had like disagreements on set and stuff and then I think they started because I don't know the full story I've only heard like just little bits through over the years which is like just unfortunate 
you know, two people that work so well together and can create funny and entertaining movies and, and content to eventually kind of get pushed to the point where they kind of can't stand each other. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, but I'm glad that, you know, they made up <laughs> and they're friends and they showed up and staged and also go watched go watch staged on Hulu because that show's fucking hilarious. So Nick Frost as DC Danny Butterman might be my favorite character because as, as great as Nick as Simon Pegg is, I just love him kind of peppering Nicholas Angel with all the questions. Have you ever fired two guns off at the same time or like fired while jumping through the air? All these action movie tropes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nicholas Angel's like, no, I've never done that. No, I've never done that. But by the end of the movie, they've all done it. <laughs> yeah, it's like they made some sort of bucket list about it or something and had to go check it off. Pretty much. So Actually, I, that would have been really funny to see in the movie. Like, oh, like, yeah. With the notepads? Like, like Butterman, Butterman is trying to be more like Angel. So he's like, okay, I got my to-do list. Check, check, you know, what is that? But I got to admit, like, I got a soft spot for him, too, because of one scene. Now, at first, I thought it would be the power of Grayskull line, because that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of random in this movie. Of all the things you're going to say to express surprise, where does that rank on your list? I mean, a little higher now, but I mean, before, quite low. Well, it's additionally funny watching it this time around because my son recently got into He-Man and he talks in his sleep. And the other night, dead quiet in the house, we're just about to sleep ourselves. And we hear, by the power of Grayskull! (laughs) (laughs) And then nothing. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's awesome <laughs> so you know it's always going to be a fun phrase for me now mm-hmm. absolutely because oh i god. loved he-man when i was a kid i love this movie and now my son is saying it i mean how can it get any better right, right. well i'll tell you how it gets better oh boy the flip book scene <laughs> i use my notepad too you want to <laughs> see the other side and then they don't show the other side the other side was on the dvd Ah, I need to know what's on the other side. Okay, I guess I'm buying this one. (laughs) Curse you. (laughs) But I love flip books. Like, I used to make them when I was little. (laughs) And I always watched, like, flip book videos when I was bored. (laughs) I didn't have anything else to do. (laughs) So you know he does this flip book and it's amazing and it's got all these little action tropes in it too and I'm just like oh my god I love him he's the best (laughs) yeah Nick Frost is a fucking gem he's also uh he plays uh Santa Claus in one of the Christmas episodes of Doctor Who with Capaldi and um Jenna Coleman and he makes a great Santa and Nick Frost's Santa is like my new favorite TV Santa. But now That's I'll... high praise. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of TV Santas, but I, I mean, I love that episode too, but I just, it just, it tickles me. 
So I loved I love Nick Frost. I love seeing him kind of pop up and things. I still need to go back and finish Into the Badlands because I think he shows up in season two. Hmm. Yeah. And he's kind of a badass if I remember the little bits correctly. I've seen it. So Nick Frost is amazing. He's hilarious and definitely need to see more stuff with him in it. I would agree with that. I'll have to make more of an effort. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's adorable in Hot Buzz. And it's funny because at first you're kind of annoyed by him, you know? Like, how? How are you a police officer? And then you find out his father is the chief and you're like, oh, nepotism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of his father, the police chief, did you see him as the villain the whole time? I did not. Because, like you said, they lay out this kind of theory of how all of these things are connected and, and like legitimate reasons why (laughs) these people would be murdered versus the reason we're actually given so i i did not see it coming i totally thought that you know with it being kind of a you know an action comedy a bit of a parody satire that oh we're just going to go the easy route no big deal nothing no big major twists or turns it's totally timothy dalton yada yada but then yeah they threw in the the chief and then i felt dumb because i'm like Oh, that's so tropey too. <laughs> well, yeah, but Timothy Dalton did like an excellent job being a permanent red herring in the movie. Well, sort of. I mean, he was still part of the villainy, but you know, not the ringleader like you thought. Mm-hmm. And I know that he's he played Bond, and I think he's underappreciated as a Bond, and and all that. But oh my God, does he make a good like sinister character? Yeah. You know, the voice, the face, the mannerisms, like, it just works. Mm-hmm. Well, even when we're first introduced to him in this movie and he's out for, he, he jogs up and catches up to uh, Nicholas Angel and he's just like, I'm a slasher. I'm a slasher of prices. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of then reminded me because I've been, Rewatching Sherlock BBC again, and I think it's in like season four. Sherlock goes up against like a serial killer type, a very charismatic in the public eye type of person. And so, in one of the scenes, that that killer is like fil- filming a commercial, and he's like, "I'm a killer, I'm a serial killer," and then it's a commercial for cereal. Oh, so I was like, yeah. oh. So they like to kind of throw that in. I feel like that's just British humor. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, that's, is that just British humor? Is this just a coincidence or is this like a trope in their own, in their own comedy basket? I feel like after living in Australia for 10 years, which is very, you know, British in its roots and practices, I'm so desensitized to it. Like, I didn't laugh at the slasher of prizes. I'm just like, oh, typical. You're just like, here we go again. So yeah. Maybe. Anything with Sherlock, serial killer. Like, <sighs> <laughs> Laura is not impressed. So do better British comedy. <laughs> well, you know, I love British humor. I like know. Monty Python is, is my favorite. I love it. Black Adder. Oh, fantastic. They're really good at satire. You know that? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. They go in Britishized dad jokes, which just is like <laughs> layering too much together. <laughs> Britishized dad jokes. I like that. 
was very, is very difficult for me to be like, <laughs> that, even if it's like the first time I've heard it, I, I can't do it. Just, if it's if it's a dad joke, I'll laugh. If it's other British humor, I'll laugh. Put them together, nope. And then it just loses Narp. you. Narp. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I wonder what it really, I wonder what it is about that combination where you're just like, no. One I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Give me mashed potatoes or gravy, not both. Peanut butter or jelly, either. not both. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Ice cream or a cone, not both. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. I'm having a hard time finding a combination where like a food that that would work with. Oh, I know. For me personally, this is not everyone. And I'm sorry if this offends people. Not really. <laughs> uh, fruit by itself great chocolate by itself great put them together no absolutely not don't do that to me why would you do that it's terrible i know of at least two other people that do not like their fruit and chocolate mixed yeah like those chocolate covered oranges they give out okay well i mean that's weird chocolate and orange does but like chocolate and like strawberry or raspberry like a berry <sighs> no yeah i can't even do that no it's just huh. it's just wrong to me Huh. I don't know. But yeah, that's what that's what this kind of joke is to me. It's it's chocolate covered fruit, I guess. <laughs> it's chocolate covered strawberries. You ain't got no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know the only other food combinations I kept thinking of was like, well, no, I like those. <laughs> I know. I was like, first thing that jumped in my mind, peanut butter and chocolate. No, you idiot, you like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was and I was about to say cheese and fries, but we already know that we love cheese fries. Oh, cheese fries! Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get that air fryer? Get some. No. Oh. I need My cheese goodness. fries now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I need cheese fries always, but we'll we'll get we'll get through the rest of this recording and then we'll reward ourselves with cheese fries somehow. Yeah. All right. So we already kind of brought up Timothy Dalton as Simon Skinner. The what a name i know <laughs> so i do like i'm not a i'm not a bond fan so i i always knew that he played bond but i just i i, I just my my panties stay on when i hear james bond and i'm just like mm, great good for everybody else like i don't care <laughs> <laughs> but I but knowing kind of a bit more of like a little bit about like that character James Bond and yada yada so having that being really the only association I ever had with Timothy Dalton then to see him in this with that creepy porn stash <laughs> slasher of prices and my last name Skinner I'm totally not obvious like I I, I love this guy I think he's great and I can't speak again to his role as Bond, whether it's underrated, overrated, underappreciated, but I I just want to make sure that everybody knows that Timothy Dalton rules and everyone should love him. <laughs> I know, he doesn't get enough love. I, I saw him in a movie with Fran Drescher. It was like a Beauty and the Beast type <gasps> rework. Wait. And I loved him in that in, too. The Beautician and the Beast? Yeah, I loved him in that. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care if you're laughing at me for watching it. I liked no, no. that movie. I'm laughing because I have not heard the name of that movie in so long. And so for you to name drop it now is just lovely. And I 
thank you. I think we have our follow-up to this. Instead of, instead of oh one of God. the tornado trillions, we make it a Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton needs more love. He's getting a podcast episode. I oh, declare yeah. it now. Oh, it'll be a Timothy Dalton, but minus the James Bond. Is that? Do you think that is possible to do a Timothy Dalton appreciation episode with just cutting out Bond altogether? Please, please don't make me watch James Bond movies. I wouldn't make you watch it. I mean, we have to acknowledge it in the fact that that's where everyone knows him from. But then we'd be like, but he's so much more than that. And we can bring up whatever we want. I kind of like that. I'm going to pause real quick and see how many titles he has to his name. So I know how many weeks we're going to need to prepare. Because he's also in. So yeah. So he's in Doom Patrol. And he is in like all three seasons. Uh, let's see. what. Else? Oh, and then Doctor Who. He's a Time Lord. Yeah. And what else? I'm trying to think of. What else I might I feel like we from. do six degrees of Doctor Who or maybe like six mm. degrees of Harry Potter because there were so many Harry Potter alumni in this hot buzz yeah. movie. Because the, the chief is Professor Slughorn. So, you know, when he turned out to be the villain just for fun, because I already knew it was going to happen this time, I was like, you Slytherin bastard. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, it had Filch in it, who was also in Doctor Who dinosaurs on a spaceship That's i'll right. never forgive him for murdering the triceratops yep i know you get very upset about that because i know that's like one of your favorites or it's a it's a favorite in the house yeah episode. it is it is and the triceratops was so cute it's a triceratops. in a gigantic way yeah um sorry he's got 73 acting credits to his name oh that's more than i thought and really, after doing Nicolas Cage fucking I, anything is possible, that son of a bitch probably now has like 112 movies under his name where he had like 108 when we recorded the Cage episode. <laughs> I gotta admire his work ethic. I love that man and I can't help but just uh, appreciate Nicolas Cage more and more. You, you have definitely made me more of a fan of him than I was before. that's wow yeah I mean I gotta admit I haven't seen all of the newer movies yet but um I have really liked pig that one is so fucking good that one's like a straight up like legit movie anyways we're not talking about Nicolas Cage but yes everyone go watch pig watch Willy's Wonderland hell you can watch prisoners of Ghostland testicles That's got to be your cold open for something. <laughs> maybe maybe that'll be the post credit for this one. <laughs> okay, so we're really doing six degrees to Nick Cage and everything else is just filler. Sorry, folks. It's the oh. truth. Oh, my God. Maybe I should, like, rebrand my podcast to be, like, the six degrees of Nicolas Cage or something. And then we'll still talk about whatever we want to talk about, but we've got to relate it back to Nick Cage in okay. six steps or less. So let's practice right now. And if it doesn't work, we'll cut this, right? Sure. How do we get to <laughs> Nick Cage from this movie? All right. How do we get to Nick Cage from Hot Fuzz? Nicolas Cage has done so many movies. He's had to have appeared in something with like Olivia Coleman or even Frost or Peg. 
Or even, um, I mean, God, that's just like, there's so many people. Rory McCann, who played Mr. Yarp, was also the Hound in Game of Thrones. That's who he was. I'm like, God, his face looks so familiar, and I don't know why. When I when I found that out during uh, Game of Thrones, that Rory McCann, the Hound, was also Mr. Yarp from this movie, I about fucking lost my mind. I was like, no. Then I couldn't stop seeing it. And so even sometimes throughout this watching Hot Fuzz, I was reminded, obviously, of The Hound and then of Game of Thrones and how much that just ruled so many people's lives for so long. And then it ended. Well, yeah. (laughs) But you know what it put into perspective for me now that you finally, like, put that missing piece in place? Okay. he's huge and the the mountain made him look so tiny mm-hmm. like he's really huge and then he looks tiny next to his brothers I feel like we're watching like a Russian doll get put together <laughs> <laughs> oh my god someone needs to make that <laughs> little Russian dolls on the- <laughs> please <laughs> this is also in no way shape or form a support of russia um, no. considering the the current climate exactly. i just don't know the proper name nesting for those dolls. dolls nesting dolls. nesting dolls thank you there we go thank you well we'll i'm sure we'll try and come back to the whole six degrees of nicholas cage i think that does that's just fun <laughs> <laughs> all right so anything else on timothy dalton as simon skinner or simon skinner other than i adore him even with the porn stash or the you know creeper stash whatever you want to call it you know not many men can grow a big bushy mustache and then wear it like that like it kind of reminds me of the whole tom Selleck thing why mm-hmm. does nobody think his mustache is creepy i'm sure people do but it's just so iconic <laughs> to his face <laughs> i don't know i know that's true if he shaved but- it off but some some men are just able to pull off a mustache and have it look great and not at all creepy and weird, whereas other men try and grow a mustache and it just looks creepy and weird. Yeah, that's weird. I wonder why, like, what facial feature makes it so that you can pull off a mustache? I mean, right. other than your nose? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just how it grows in, how it's maintained, oh. well kept. I don't know, but we are on so many tangents today. We are. This uh, is, <laughs> this m- is mustaches, cheese plus. fries, and <laughs> oh, oh my God! Maybe that's another thing for the title: hot fuzz, mustache, and cheese fries. <laughs> <laughs> These things should not be paired. What is wrong with us? All right, Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman. As uh, yes. Doris Thatcher. <laughs> she has the most normal name well, out of all it, of them. Well, and I was reading that um, up until a certain point, like almost all female police officers were just like called Doris or referred to as a Doris. Oh. So I guess that was kind of the joke in why they gave her character that name huh i was like okay did not know i yeah i got per imdb trivia that's what it said and i didn't watch 
uh, the commentary because I just didn't. <laughs> so I don't know if they go into more detail there uh, as to kind of the that background or whatever. But I thought knowing the movie and everything that totally makes sense i totally see that actually being the thing and why they named her character doris uh and of course her being the only police female police officer uh, on the force makes sense and then just like the jokes that they had her that they gave her and kind of the one nothing like a little girl on girl <laughs> and all those kind of like innuendos and been around um, the station a few times yeah <laughs> So, which I just thought was, I mean, which is just kind of interesting because it's what that really kind of goes to maybe speak more on what women feel they may have to say or do to fit into a quote bands world or a male dominated profession or something, you know? Yeah. I'm going to make these jokes before they, they make those jokes and therefore make me uncomfortable, you know, right. kind of like that breaking the ice or whatever you want to call it or you know, kind of taking the piss out of their being able to make fun of her or make those kind of comments. Yeah, it's like me making stuff. disabled jokes. Right, and then you make everyone uncomfortable and everyone gets I know, it's fun! <laughs> you get the biggest grin on your face when you just said that. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Olivia Coleman. I'm so happy that she is getting all the props in the world and that she has gone on to do such amazing things because she also was in The Crown in Broadchurch with David Tennant. So we're back to Doctor Who. Nowhere near Nick Cage. <laughs> I'll get well, six, six degrees of Doctor Who works at least. Yeah. Which is really easy with like British shows and movies. Right. That's true. If you get outside of the British sphere, it's a little, it's a little harder but is it impossible? I don't know. I don't think it's impossible. It may be a little trickier, but yeah. So I've hot fuzz was the first thing I ever remember seeing Olivia Coleman in. So then the next thing I remember watching her in was, was actually broad church. And that is such a good fucking series. I really need to rewatch that because it's just so fucking good. So uh, let's see. Any other characters or plot points or jokes or um, anything? Stephen Merchant pops in. He's the owner of the Swan. And that dude is fucking his hilarious. So I got so excited when I recognized him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially because, you know, it started out with his last name, P.I. Staker, Piss Taker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Come on. And the very next scene, it's him. I'm like, oh, I could totally see him doing that and keeping a straight face all the time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, lo I love him. Um, and the swan, you know, having its own little bit at the ending was just poetic for me. Um, one scene that I will always remember, no matter how long it's been since I've watched the movie, is when Timothy Dalton... Simon Skinner trips over the little car and gets the miniature church steeple through his lower jaw. Oh, God. oh and then it just lingered on that for so long. He's just like, oh, this yeah. really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, how British of you. <laughs> oh, I know. That one just still gets to me. 
And I think also because the fact that like his character doesn't die from that injury and he's just stuck there. Well, there's so much like uncomfortableness associated with that. <laughs> I'm also like, how are you holding your tongue when you fell? Because you didn't skewer it. Yeah. Like, how did how did you do that? It's a weird thing to think about. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> I had not thought of that. I love that you did. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, other than that moment, like, did you have a favorite murder from the movie? Because I got to go with the, the church roof landing so perfectly on the reporter who can't spell's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, a good one, too. Because then oh, he stands man. there and kind of staggers a little bit. And that's just, <laughs> yeah. it's so... It's so kind of like gory and graphic, but hilarious. They do such a good job with that mix uh, in this one. And Shaun of the Dead, too. If I remember, It's been a while since I watched that. But yeah, just uh, a masterclass in visual comedy, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know. And these things like, okay, if this was a horror movie and it didn't have that aspect, I totally wouldn't laugh at this. I wouldn't like this at all. But yeah. because it's got that, I'm just like, yeah, sure, be gory. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> but I also love that the doctor kept getting shot in the toe because, you know, he's kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Oh, let's see. Favorite murder scene. Hmm. Well, yeah, the reporter was a good one. Again, because of just that visual and the the hilarity of it <laughs> um i don't know it was kind of fun to watch the florists get murdered <laughs> this is such a weird sentence but just like the shot that we get we do see finally like a, a cloaked figure with the shears just right into the throat <laughs> and then it's just sticking out Okay, okay. And the fact that it was done in plain view of, of the window, like, exactly. obviously Sergeant Angel saw it, but, like, everyone could have. In broad day, how was that an accident? You know, how I you need see? to know. Has the entire town just accepted this? Because in the neighborhood watch association meetings, they're talking about a townsperson having twins and, like, a baby shower and everything. And, you know, later in the movie, it's revealed that those kids that he arrested in the beginning for underage drinking uh, were all murdered, too. So I'm like, do people just go, well, I guess that's it for my family line. I love this place. Yeah, no shit. Like, what about the parents? Aren't the parents going to be like, uh, or yeah, have they just accept like, ah, shit. Because let's let's remember the drinking age over there is 18. So they are legit kids. Mm -hmm. So I'm like how does this work? Like you go to school one day and like half your class is gone and you're just like, um, for the greater good, the greater good. Seriously. I I need to know. I think they're all just, they're kind of cool with it. Like, how could you not be, you know, like don't do something stupid or you'll die. And we all maybe warn our kids to some degree of that, but I think they would be like literal. No, really. Don't do something stupid or you'll die. What about like a legit, like dark horror, gritty version of this movie where those kind, where we see maybe a bit more of these townspeople and they're like, 
begging their kids, like, please, even though the pub will let you in, please don't go because we're getting a new cop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what kind of stress are these oh, families under? Where, like, Sergeant Angel is the bad guy to them. Yes. He's the reason they're all getting murdered because it was they just fine until he showed up. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like this. Yeah, that's a really good question, though. Like, how how are the like are they just like okay anything for village of the year anything for the greater good the greater good huh (laughs) (laughs) one of my and obviously one of the one of the best lines and even like the first time i watched it i thought that is fucking genius was when Angel first busts the kids drinking in the pub and he asks the one kid, he's like, when's your birthday? And he's like, February 22nd. What year? Every year. Yeah, I love that line. It's a good line. (laughs) Oh, and he came back with it so quick. I was like, damn, that's witty. Poor kid. Mm -hmm, Of course, then he went and and peed on some wall and I'm like, yeah, that's village of the year material there too. (laughs) Yeah, and that's kind of the other thing is like, you know, the town that's so protective over itself, like, how are you letting just the, that, you know, people wander around at night peeing on things? You think you'd have a little bit better handle on that? Or do you just let those things slide? Well, how do you let your cop son get caught drink driving? And then what, punish him by making him give you cake? Yeah. I don't know. There are some double standards in this movie for sure. And do you think those double standards were like intentional then kind of knowing just this movie and everything that it's like poking fun at? Or do you think that was just maybe an oversight? (laughs) Like, eh, we don't care. It's still just we're still just making a fun movie. I could see it either way. Yeah. Anything to drop the crime statistic, right? Yep. But seriously, with that fucking like accident rate. Like if I had a, if I had seen like statistics for like Evansville before we moved here, where they're like, oh, crime is almost non-existent, but there's like a fuck ton of accidents. I'd be like, I don't know if we should move there. That seems. I don't think they understand fuck. what the word accident means. <laughs> <laughs> you keep using that word. <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> But, okay, speaking of the accident line, like, was there one accident explanation in the movie where you're like, oh, come on, who'd buy that? Uh, let's see. Not that I can think. What about you? Do you have one? Um, I mean, tripped and fell on our own shears when it was right in front of the window. It was like, okay, wow, we're just, okay. <laughs> Not even trying anymore. <laughs> no yeah I love how she's like I can never find my scissors like they were setting her up for that for a while hmm yeah I don't know I don't know it made made me question other things like is the church roof really in need of repair or is that just an excuse to use it as a gigantic murder weapon (laughs) I don't know I don't know but I did like how like at the end the NWA. <laughs> they're all, they're not like Angel and, and, uh, Danny, Nicholas and Danny don't ever actually like kill anybody. 
all the NWA dies basically by accident after something else has been shot or hit and then it ricochets or something oh yeah you're right uh, the one that really gets me though is like how bloody that one woman's head was when the flower pot fell on it i'm like whoa <laughs> dang <laughs> what was in that flower pot probably another head who knows that fucking town jesus christ probably another sea mine mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, i love that that's how the doctor died yeah the sea mine <laughs> yeah i like that the, yeah the one guy just had it <laughs> He had a but, permit for that one gun, but... But not all the other ones. Like, where did you get these? How did you get these in this tiny little village? And nobody noticed and nobody cared. But then again, everyone was packing, so... Yeah. Maybe everyone had an arsenal like that. Everyone but the police department. Until Nicholas raided, you know, confiscated. And then he the used all the stuff. And he looked so badass. And I love that you know when he comes back and he's riding in on the horse and he's got like just armed to the teeth and everything and then he meets up with danny you know because we see the scene too where nicholas goes and gets like his sunglasses gets like the aviator sunglasses or whatever Mm -hmm. right before he goes to do all of this and so he meets up with danny who's managed to piece this all together (laughs) just from being on the ground and watching the the shootout joins up with Nicholas. Nicholas reaches in his pockets and he pulled out a pair of sunglasses for him. He got sunglasses for Danny too. I don't know why, but I was just like, that is so sweet. Well, it was. It was. I was like, oh. Yeah, he really came to like it. (laughs) Yes. I also had read that Nick Frost's character, Danny, was originally like... Nicholas Angel was supposed to have a love interest in this movie and a lot of and then they scrapped that idea. So a lot of her original those the original dialogue for that female character were then given to Danny with very few changes. (laughs) So reading that while watching the movie, you know, there's like when they're at the bar and they're getting drunk and then they go and they watch uh, Point Break and and Bad Boys 2. There's some dialogue there. Where I'm like, oh, I could absolutely see this coming from a female character. Like, oh, you're just never able to to shut it off, are you? In maybe something a more softer, more romantic kind of way. But I love that they gave all those, they gave those lines to Nicholas Frost. Didn't change anything from what I was reading. Because then, especially with all the Point Break references, and after having just watched Point Break, I'm like, they love each other like Bodie and Johnny love each other. <laughs> Pretty much. I had no idea just how heavy of an influence that particular movie had on Hot Fuzz until after the whole Swayze thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh. This was a good time to rewatch this movie. Yeah. Because I, I think I appreciate it more now. <laughs> I think I would have to agree with that as well. You know, you you watch Hot Fuzz and you're like, you know, if you're not a huge fan of like Point Break or hadn't seen it recently or anything, you're like, oh, okay. You know, they, they like the movie, paying homage, yada, yada. Oh, that's kind of fun. But especially after having just re- rewatched Point Break as recently as we have, it's like, I don't know. There's, it just kind of takes it to that next level. And 
I'm able just to kind of appreciate it that much more because I think Nick Frost's character also has a line about how uh, Swayze and Reeves characters do love each other in the movie, <laughs> you know, and that's why yeah, I like Keanu can does, shoot him yeah. and all of that. Cause I, I think that that's just a, a star-crossed lover's tale. It's what Point Break truly is. I think you're right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I am. Anything else about this super fun movie that we still have yet to connect to Nicolas Cage? Narp. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, what else can I'm trying to think if there's anything else I can say about this has pretty much just been like a fan gush and tangents. So <laughs> which we do very, very well. Um Be true. <laughs> oh, let's see. I mean, yeah, this movie, it's a fucking I think it's a classic. And I just I love the fun that they have with kind of poking fun at other action movies and working in as many of the tropes as they could. Because I think I'd also read somewhere that there was like a Roger Ebert list or something of like the some of the top action tropes that we see in action buddy comedy movies. And they did their best to work in like as many of those as they can. And I think they did an amazing job because it doesn't nothing feels like it was like shoved in or an afterthought or really anything like that. Like these little homages to these tropes all they're just they're done so well and so perfect and almost kind of lovingly yeah I mean I I don't think films like this get enough credit for the writing that goes into them this was a really well planned out movie and storyline for just as much for the plot and for the comedy as it is to be respectful of the medium that is its inspiration in the first place so i think you can actually venture to appreciate movies like this on an intellectual level if you really want to i mean you it's so rare that you don't see or that you see a movie where it's supposed to just be funny and it really puts the thought in to you know clean up those plot holes and you know really lead you astray and then bring you back around to it and even like something gory and awful happening still is funny like it's really well done and I think that's why it's my favorite movie of the newly discovered Cornetto trilogy um because it's about as close to perfect as you can get for this genre in my opinion so yeah I love this movie and I'm glad we did a, a an episode on it um and I hope that you know despite the fact that it's over 10 years old now, 15 years old probably, uh, depending on what month it came out, it's still worth watching. I could watch it again. Absolutely. I think this movie has a very high uh, rewatchability. It's everything you just said, everything I had said. And, you know, if there's anyone out there that hasn't seen this movie yet that's still listening to the spoiler-filled podcast episode definitely go check it out definitely watch it you're not going to be sorry and when you're done watching it re-watch it so you can pick up on anything that you may have missed because with that kind of British humor and that writing I feel like there's always things I pick up upon rewatches. a joke I missed a passing a passing line that 
I didn't really had maybe hadn't given too much thought of in prior watches, but now all of a sudden it's just like deep or hilarious or like just how the fuck did I miss that? That was amazing. That was genius. So, <laughs> so yeah, I highly recommend Hot Fuzz. It's yeah, like I said, high rewatchability and also my favorite out of the Cornetto trilogy. So, all right, well. I think we're going to go ahead and start wrapping this up. So any other stray bubbles you got floating around about hot fuzz that we maybe didn't get to, you just want to shout out real quick. No, I think we covered it. I think so too. I also, I always feel like, Oh yeah, we did a good job. We got everything. And I swear to God, the second I hit stop record, it's like, bitch, you forgot this. (laughs) Oh, well. So then before we pop off, what's been streaming in your bubble, Laura? I just finished watching the entirety of Jack Whitehall's travels with his father. Yes! We're not done yet, but I love, I'm so glad you watched that show. Oh my God, I loved it. And even, even better was that Aaron really appreciated it too. So it kind of became our thing. Like, oh, we're having a rough night here. Let's turn on an episode of this. Exactly. And by the end, we'd both be laughing and we'd feel better. It's great. And I mean, he's got old fashioned, outdated, and therefore sometimes very wrong views, but I absolutely adore Jack's father. Michael, yeah, he's, he is something else. Mike. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> I love him. One of the, oh, I'm so glad you guys watched that. Because I, it came up on my Netflix. I started watching the first episode because I was kind of going through like a small Jack Whitehall obsession. And I was watching like all the things on YouTube with him. No idea where it started and it's unimportant. But um, because, you know, he was in Good Omens. Mm -hmm. That's probably where it started. Yeah. So. Thou shalt not commit adultery. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of a first name is that? but now I want to rewatch Good Omens. <laughs> but he, he's a, I think he is just a cutie patootie. He's really funny. I've watched a bunch of, like a compilation of him on the Graham Norton show, which is very, very, very funny, very good. I love the Graham Norton show. But yeah, so the, the Netflix show, Travels with My Father, popped up and I watched the first episode. I couldn't stop giggling and I sent it to you and I was like, if you get a chance, because I know what your schedule is like, I was like, you guys should watch this. So I love that you guys have already finished it. It's kind of me and Timmy's, like our lighthearted, you know, watch before bed. Yeah. Like you said, it's been a day. Want to put on something kind of easy, something funny. And we so we've been working our way through that. We're still in Australia. So his his line, Michael's line, when they first land in Australia thought of you because he's like Australia gave us this and this and the didgery fucking do what's the point <laughs> or something along those lines oh uh, yeah I mean uh, how <laughs> and, what a way to start off a trip and then my other favorite uh Mike Whitehallism was when they're I don't remember where they were at. I think they were in the states and they were doing one of those like bicycle bar things <laughs> And they're up at the front where the, where the driver is, who is a female driver. 
And Michael's like, you've combined the three things I hate the most. Physical activity, women drivers, and beer. And, like, she's in the shot. You can see her. And she smiles and she kind of starts laughing. I'm like, dude, she's right. You said the quiet part really loud. <laughs> before, before she started laughing, she looked like she could murder him. It was just brilliant. Oh. But I think that was in some sort of European country. Like he was oh, trying to, he was trying to culture him more and he wanted to take him to a museum and the museum was closed. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah uh, I really loved it. And Aaron and I both said the same thing when it was done. I'm really sad that there's not going to be more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. You'll uh, just have to go like to YouTube and try and find some videos. Cause I know like him and his dad have done like the interviews, the talk show circuit and everything so i've seen a they've, few of those are pretty funny not as good they as did the a show on stage special of um christmas with my father <gasps> we watched that after it <gasps> oh um God. there were some funny moments in that too oh i'm sure uh, so uh yeah but then we were like well now we're really out of content oh well <laughs> what are we gonna do but yeah i really enjoyed it i didn't know you know like Jack Whitehall is adorable. I didn't really know what to expect or, you know, if it would hold its value over time or and how Aaron would take it. But yeah, he'd actually like stop playing his video games and watch it with me. And I'm like, oh, wow, he really likes this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's so it's such a good show. It's so lighthearted. It's kind of like, a, like I said, a, definitely like a, something to help boost your mood after maybe a not so great day so definitely check it out it's on netflix jack whitehall travels with my father what have we been well we've been watching that and then let's see walking dead is on so we watch those you know either sunday or monday night because i'm gonna see it through to the end god damn it i'm gonna watch it die more power to you but i think the whole premise of that show is that things don't die they just become undead so i don't know i don't know what you're getting yourself into but you know how i feel about zombies i know so but it's like yeah this is this is the final season and i found out a few weeks ago that the final season was split up not into two parts but three so i'm like are you going to take another fucking break in the spring and then come back 14 months later to finally finish this off? Because I can't take it. Just end already. <laughs> I'm going to complain about that for a while, I I feel like. It's fair. I feel like I dodged a bullet. Yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of, wow, you're still watching it. <laughs> I'm still watching it. <laughs> I'm not all that happy about it either. But like I said, it is the last season, so... If they had not announced that it was the last, it was the final season, I don't think I'd be watching it. I would have walked away by now. I'm just upset that it's gotten so long when there are other shows that would have deserved to continue over it. But what what are you going to do? Yeah. No, they really are. They just milking that fucking cash cow dry. And I think it's about out. So... But yeah, other (laughs) other than that, (laughs) um, I mean, last night I just did a rewatch of some Letterkenny episodes because I'm kind of in between 
some pod stuff. Um, I've been doing American Horror Story for it's a fandom thing podcast. She's got some. She'll have some Patreon episodes coming out. So it's been kind of fun and That's interesting cool. revisiting some of these earlier seasons of American Horror Story. I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I, that's how I got hooked in the show. It, I liked it. It was, it wasn't season ten. Um, okay, <laughs> fair point. Yeah. That's another show that I probably won't watch because of having a general aversion for that genre. But you know, I've heard a lot of good things, so maybe it'll win me over one day. But I am gonna go see the Batman tonight. Are you? Oh, yes kind of jealous i don't know if we'll get to the theater to see that one i didn't realize that it was out until someone posted on facebook that they were out watching it i'm like oh, i can go watch this awesome <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna go spend three hours in the theater by myself no aaron's coming with me oh, I, was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that would have been out. hilarious <laughs> aaron's like the biggest batman fan ever just be like bye I'm, I'm gonna go see batman <laughs> sure if i didn't want to you know like be able to get in back in the house when i got home sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm taking him to see batman we're, we're having a uh, some kid free time this nice. evening so that'll be nice good good well i hope you enjoyed i'm hearing nothing but really good things about it so i am kind of i am pretty excited to to watch it I just hope it's enough for Robert Pattinson to stop being called Edward from Twilight. He deserves better. If you've seen his other films. I haven't. You know. I've only, like, like I've said, you know, when we did our Batman episode, I've never, other than that Harry Potter movie that he was in, and it's not like I watched it for him, I haven't seen anything with the, with him in it. So May I got, make a suggestion? He's, he's got a clean slate with me. I have not seen any of the Twilight, so I'm actually very curious to see how he does. I'm and I'm yeah. willing to give him a fair and open chance. Why don't we do a podcast episode about his stuff? Uh, I don't want to. Wa- I've gone this long without seeing any of the Twilight movies. I don't want to ruin that. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where you go, okay, you know he was in Harry Potter and Twilight. Everyone talks about those. But let's talk about how great of an actor he really is. And so what if those were his launch points? Because look what he's done with it. Right. Every actor has those roles that that's what propelled them into stardom that maybe they're not the most fond of looking back. You know, they'll maybe have a certain level of appreciation for what it did for them overall and eventually. But I'm sure there are plenty of, of work and plenty of actors uh, resume that they're just like yeah I did that not Nicholas Cage he's like yeah I did that Fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> see that's how we brought it back to Nicholas Cage <laughs> all right well we are tangenting and I know that's what we do but we should probably start wrapping this up or actually putting an end to it we've done we're our doing Midwest a Midwest goodbye, goodbye. yep <laughs> <laughs> well Time for me to hit the road. <laughs> well, yep. Now I'm going to stand by the front door for another 20 minutes. Oh. Well, <laughs> look at the time. Oh, uh, oh. I should get going. <laughs> A lot of whelps and oops over here. So yarp, yarp. <laughs> <laughs> we got to work that in. <laughs> 
all right, right. No, this has been fun um yeah we definitely have some ideas for another episode so um i'm looking forward to recording again absolutely i always love recording and i love recording with you we've got some other stuff working with uh, Eric for an upcoming recording. So I'm kind of excited about that. I'm only about half excited for that one. <laughs> only about half? <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, everyone, thank you, my bubblies, for listening today. Thank you, Laura, for being here. And keep streaming. Bye. Bye. Yarp. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at MyStreamingBubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at BuyMeACoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming. Hell, you can watch Prisoners of Ghostland testicles!